Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. So now we have too many elk. Could that be possible? Well, according to a recent report in a big urban newspaper, maybe so. Hi, everyone. Ron Spomer with Ron Spomer Outdoors Podcasts. And today I want to talk about too many elk. And I want to read to you a blog that I did recently that got a lot of response from folks, stirred them up for good reason. Um, I tweaked a few noses, I think, but I think it's worth investigating. Let me read to you before we discuss this. I'm going to read Jackson Hole Elk Devastated by Hunting? Question mark. That's the title of my blog on ronspomeroutdoors.com. And here's how it goes. Jackson Hole in Wyoming has elk perhaps too many elk. Roughly 11,000 elk crowd into the National Elk Refuge each winter for their daily handout of hay. This overcrowding creates potential disease problems. Yet, according to a recent report in the Washington Post, elk herds were once devastated by hunting and settlement that cut off migration routes. Forgive me if I'm overreacting, but as a lover and protector of wildlife and wild places, I'm fed up with half-truths and lies that blame hunting and hunters for serious wildlife declines. It's a misconception that continues and contributes to more declines in wildlife and wild places because modern, regulated, sustainable-use hunting benefits and increases wildlife numbers. Let me repeat that. Modern, sustainable-use sport hunting increases wildlife numbers. And the so-called overpopulation of elk in Jackson Hole proves as much. After sport hunters pressured the government to end market hunting and stop poaching in and around Yellowstone and Jackson Hole, elk herds quickly bounced back. They've been hunted annually and sustainably ever since. Alas, most who read this post article will remember that hunters decimated elk. They won't read anything about hunters ending poaching and restoring herds because that wasn't in the article. The simplistic assumption that hunters threaten and destroy wildlife is repeated and echoed in popular media so often that the average Westerner knows that you can't protect wild animals if you kill them. But, but nature disagrees. Nature is realistic, not simplistic. And nature insists on killing wild animals. Annually, regularly, essentially. The natural truth is that hunters have been hunting elk for tens of thousands of years. Those hunters include truck drivers, lawyers, 
plumbers, actors, ranchers, mountain men, Cheyenne, Sioux, cougars, grizzly bears, arctic wolves, dire wolves, saber-toothed cats, eagles. You get my point. Hunters. Nature made and demands hunters. And by some miraculous stroke of luck, wildlife thrives, predator and prey alike. But the author of an East Coast newspaper found it essential to report only that human hunters devastated elk herds in Jackson Hole more than a century ago. Clearly, human hunters are the bad guys. Yet the problem in Jackson Hole today is too many elk? Is it too much to ask that these professionally trained gatherers and reporters of truth, justice, and the American way get their facts straight? Can they not flip through a thesaurus to find words like exploitation, market hunting, and poaching? Pick one. Use it and shock the newspaper reading population with something wildly different. Accurate reporting. This latest post story shouldn't surprise us given a half century of similar slights and outright attacks on hunting in the press. But it should re-remind us that we must be ever vigilant. If we hunters who daily fight and pay for wildlife protections and restorations don't defend our programs, we will lose them and the wildlife that depends on them. And we'll lose our ancient honorable tradition of hunting too. We must be alert to these subtle, insidious slanders. We must point out these blatantly inaccurate depictions of hunters as a threat to wildlife. Poachers, market hunters, perhaps vandals, those are the accurate descriptors. But there's something else at risk here. The subtle, ongoing denigration of hunters threatens wildlife because it deflects from the real causes of wildlife declines. With Hunters so handy and easy to scapegoat, everyone else gets a pass. Vegans, farmers, tourists, golfers, bikers, homeowners, they all skate. We let them off the hook. After all, they didn't shoot any elk. So, wildlife devastation continues. Now, wait a minute. How can bikers, tourists, and homeowners be blamed for Jackson whole elk problems? They aren't shooting them. The answer, surprisingly, is in this same Washington Post story. In reporting on the Jackson Hole elk feeding problem, the author touched on the real reasons for this unnatural elk feeding frenzy, habitat conversion. The wild valley in which Jackson Hole elk traditionally foraged has been taken over by humans. 10,000 square foot trophy homes do not great elk habitat make. Bike paths and highways do not feed elk. Cattle pastures don't leave much forage for wintering elk. Hunter conservationists saw all this coming long ago and lobbied for creation of the National Elk Refuge to protect a slice of the valley before it was all converted to human use. It, the refuge, has since morphed into a tool to keep the animals away from ranches and roads, the author wrote. She then quoted the National Elk Refuge feed grounds manager as saying, If you skip a day, they go to the neighbors. They go looking for food. And then the reporter mentioned a golf course and horse farms across the busy highway. Bingo! Here's the real story. 
the real reason we have a National Elk Refuge and a winter feeding program in Jackson Hole. We aren't feeding 11,000 elk because herds were devastated by hunters 100 years ago. We're feeding them because farmers and ranchers and townspeople and golfers and bikers and everyone else who wants a piece of the Rocky Mountain High have usurped elk wintering habitat. Elk have nowhere else to go but the refuge where they must be artificially fed to prevent mass starvation. And this concentration is thought to be a disease time bomb ticking away. The solution is simple. We can stop feeding and concentrating elk where diseases such as CWD can more easily spread. All we have to do first is tear down the fences, build highway crossing overpasses, and allow elk to freely forage on golf courses, ranches, farms, and yards. But do keep them off of my yard. I've spent thousands of dollars planting shrubs, fruit trees, grass, and garden vegetables for our family and the wild birds we love. Okay, I'm being a bit facetious here to make a point. We all want to have our elk, just not at any inconvenience to ourselves. Yet we and our selfish desires really are at the heart of this and most wildlife problems. Across America, Farmers and ranchers usurped wildlife wintering habitat during the pioneering era. Anyone who eats shares responsibility for this. These land managers aren't taking all that vegetative growth for their own consumption. They sell it to us. We are the ones demanding wildlife habitat be sacrificed to grow our fruits, vegetables, and steaks. Are each of us willing to exchange a few loaves of bread? a few bottles of wine, and two or three beefsteaks a year to give back some ancient elk wintering meadows? Similarly, do we really need to convert acres and acres of critical elk wintering grounds into yet another playground on which to hit little dimpled balls into holes? Shooting an elk and cutting it up for the grill might look violent and destructive, but what about starving that animal on the outside of a golf course fence looking in? Similarly, will a thousand more 10,000 square foot summer cabins in the beautiful valleys of the Mountain West prevent CWD, brucellosis, and hoof disease? As the author of this post story reported, some folks claim that if the landscape can't support the current elk population, then the population is too big. Oh dear. It wasn't too big before its natural wintering valley got developed. Carve a few more housing developments into the hills, and I guess the elk population will get even bigger. The reporter also quoted a Sierra Club member saying, So we're hoping there's still time to allow these animals to move back to their natural movements. Move back to their natural movements? Even if you rephrase that to clearly define the speaker's intent, I'm afraid that train has left the station. Elk can't return to the productive old days of yesteryear because our developments prevent it. Are we prepared to remove highways, dams, fences, towns, ranches, and crop fields so elk can have their land back? Much threatens elk herds in our West, especially those wintering in Jackson Hole. Solutions will involve a host of changes. They might work. They might fail. The herds may indeed die out, but one thing is certain. 
they will not be devastated by regulated, sustainable-use sport hunting. Well, that was my take on yet another poorly written. Well, not really poorly written, but I don't know why these reporters have to dig on hunters. Anything that has to do with wildlife, they just seem like they need to poke us with the hunting dig every time. Hunters devastated the herds or hunters killed the animals, hunters threatened, hunters in endangered species that just always seemed like they have to bring hunting into the equation when those hunting problems were simply market hunting over harvest back in the days before we came up with the North American model of wildlife conservation in which hunters pay the fees to hire the biologists and the protectors of wildlife game wardens and establish seasons and limits that have restored our wildlife populations and maintain them to this day. And it's a story that just never gets told in the popular press. It's just too easy to say, oh, wildlife has gone away because hunters shot them all. And it's just so simplistic and yet so wrong. And that's what frustrates me when I read these. Now, to the author's credit in this Washington Post story, she really did do a pretty good job of addressing the real problems. And that's the habitat stuff. Um, But once again, she had to slip hunting right up in the front. And that's what most people are going to see. And it just locks into our brains so easily. Of course, it was hunting. Hunting is always the problem. If wildlife is having any kind of a problem, hunting's going to be in there somewhere. (laughs) And that just drives me crazy. So, It might be a small thing to a lot of people, but for someone like me who loves the outdoors and loves our outdoor traditions of utilizing nature's abundance and working to protect and restore that abundance, it just really frosts me that we have to also fight against reporters who could do a much better job of informing the public of their critical role in both the decline and potential restoration of wildlife. It would really help if they could get the story right. So what can we do about that? Uh, Probably the best we could do is to write the letters to the editor, perhaps, or if it's on a website or something, write in, make some comments about it, and just point out the reality that sustainable use hunting is nature's way. It's worked for millions of years, and it, it can continue to work. But we have got to face the fact that Destroying natural habitats is what destroys wildlife. We can increase some wildlife populations with some appropriate improvements on the land, which would be farming, um, increasing crops and such has been proven many times to increase wildlife populations. But too much is too much. And of course, highways and other developments, concrete and asphalt really don't help much of any wildlife species I can think of. So, yeah, do do your best to inform and educate yourself, too. I am constantly reading and studying and, and discovering new things about wildlife management and diseases and programs. And, and I always have to applaud hunters who come up with these restoration programs and pay for them. There are many wonderful conservation groups out there of which we can uh, become members. Uh, Ducks Unlimited is a classic. Um, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, there are many, many. And they all do a great job of raising funds for Habitat and pressing our legislators to pass good regulations for managing our wildlife. So 
there's a bright uh, bright spot at the end of the tunnel here. It's just that the tunnel doesn't have to be this long. <laughs> you know, we have been fighting for these things since uh, the late 1800s, and we've done a grand job in the 20th century. We really, really did the groundwork for laying uh, improved populations of wildlife. But now we're putting increasing pressures on the habitat once again. It's just that it seems like there's so much affluence and there's so much housing going up and the, the West is developing the way the East did long ago. And we know what happens then. You, you just get too many, too much of the land converted to human uses means it's not available for wildlife. It's just that simple. Hey, this is Ron Spomer. I'm going to be done griping at you guys here. But I appreciate you listening. And I hope you take to heart what's really going on because it does come down to that habitat stuff. I know it gets harped on again and again by wildlife biologists and managers and whatnot, but boy, it's just simply true. It's just the way nature works. You have got to have a living space for wildlife. So let's continue to do a fight the good fight and do a good job of restoring our wildlife populations, buy those hunting licenses, buy those tags, support the conservation organizations around the country. We'll do our best to maintain, and if possible, increase our wildlife populations as hunter conservationists. Thanks for listening in. This is Ron Spomer inviting you to subscribe to this channel. Catch us on your favorite podcasters. And uh, you can also check out our other channel, Ron Spomer Outdoors, in which we cover guns and hunting and and uh, ammunition and ballistics and all that fun stuff. In the meantime, this is Ron Spomer signing off. Hunt honest and shoot straight. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.